Welcome to the latest word from the church at Severn Run. Our church is located in Severn, Maryland, and is easily accessible from anywhere in the D.C. Baltimore area. You can subscribe for regular updates or check in weekly for the latest information by using our website, severinrun.com. Thank you for visiting. And now, today's message. I probably don't need to tell most of you that life isn't easy. Um, that it's a challenge, that it is hard, that, that it hurts. But still, by grace, we've been given a choice. And so, this morning I want to ask you, how are you going to live the next part of eternity? Broken down? Pressed down? Given up? Or rising up? Trusting God? Today, I want you to read a story. And... I'm going to ask, if you would mind, to go ahead and turn the house lights up. I, I want you to, to read a story. It's not a parable. It is an event that happened in, in Jesus' own hometown. And, and it is a short story that I want you to use your imaginations and to, to see between the lines. Not only read between the lines, but to see between the lines and to see, to see the meaning, to see the story, to see the passion, to see the drama, to see, to see the life that is portrayed in these lines. And I'm going to ask you to do it, if you don't mind, uh, it's on, printed on the, the front of your, your bulletin, Matthew chapter 9, verses 1 through 8. You can read from your, uh, your scriptures, you can read from your electronic Bible, or you can read from, from the, uh, the bulletin itself, the worship folder. But I'm going to ask you, if you would mind, to, to do this out loud. If you just don't want to, that's fine. But gather a small group around you and, and read um, l- with, with listening ears, listening deeply, read this story Matthew 9, 1 through 8. So gather around, um, you know, and, uh, and somebody read very loudly where everybody can hear. Matthew 9, 1 through 8. Let's do this in community. So here's a picture of Jesus on the road. Jesus out in life. Jesus after people. Jesus showing people they, they matter and revealing the, the love of the Father through his own life in the power of an unseen spirit in, in ways that changed everything. And Jesus stepped into a boat and crossed over uh, and came to his own hometown. Jesus is going home again. Some men brought him a paralytic lying on a mat, and when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic something unexpected and something strange. Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. At this, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, this fellow is blaspheming. Why? Well, because only God could forgive sins. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said to them, which is easier to entertain? Or he said, why do you uh, entertain evil thoughts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or get up and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And then he said to the paralytic, get up. Take your mat and go home. And the man got up and he went home. And when the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe and they praised God who had given such authority to men. No longer stuck in dead religion. No longer stuck in the, quote, realities of life. Now the kingdom of God had come. And now there were possibilities beyond what made sense, what could be predicted. Now the unpredictability of the love of God was let loose on planet earth. And everything changed. So how will you live the next part of eternity? 
right now where you are may seem so hard and so long that it's just overwhelming. And, and I want to remind you, no, it's just one part of eternity. It's just one next in, in a long series until we begin forever eternity in the presence of God or apart from the presence of God if we, if we didn't want His love. So how will you choose to spend your next part of eternity? Given up? Beaten down? I mean, in this story, we see uh, the pictures. And I, and I believe that every life, every story, every word in the story has meaning that, that, that fills all of life. You can spend the rest of or the next part of your eternity paralyzed, pressed down by life and stuck in the gravity of your own sin, just stuck where you are. Or you can spend the next part of your eternity uh, in religion, and, and really quietly dissatisfied with God and, and, and angry at, at people. Or you can spend the next part of your eternity gratefully free and on your way home. And these are the possibilities of, of the story. The amazing thing about this story is, you know, that everything is so unpredictable. If your Jesus is predictable, then... Probably he's plastic and is in your pocket, uh, and he's not the son of God who, who is and was and is to come, because that guy is not predictable. And if you think he's so predictable, then tell me, will you, when he's coming again? Oh, we don't know, do we? And as much as we know the heart and the character of God, uh, he will never fit into our pocket. He will never, um, you know, be so that we can, so that we can control him. He is wild and he is free. And this Jesus, you know, he, he comes to this parallel. Now I want you to, to picture the story. Again, you, we're talking about a, a, an era and a day when there is no medical care of any kind, or at least none that could really help you, you know. The stuff you get is the stuff that's probably going to make you worse than you were. And, and he comes across a paralytic. The guy is carried by some friends to Jesus and, and laid down, um, you know, on the ground. And how humiliating, how humbling. And, and this wasn't just one moment in his life. This was the guy's life. Well, it's pretty obvious in this moment what the guy needs, don't you think? He can't move. He, his, his arms are withered. His legs are withered. He's suffering. There is no pain relief. There is, there is no help, no hope. There is only a, a burden of the past and no hope for the future. If, if I'm diagnosing the situation here, I'm saying, Jesus, what this guy needs most and more than anything in life is he needs to be healed. That makes sense. So Jesus, heal him. Jesus? doesn't do that. See, the truth is we're all naturally wrong about what we think we need. Right now, every one of us in here thinks we know what we need. You do. And I do. In fact, you know, most of us spend so much time thinking about it, we're experts about what we need, you know? And, and, and I want you to be honest about it. You know, underneath the surface, every life is a story of desire. We all want something. And we all spend our lives going after the some things that we want or some ones that we want. And every story is, is a story of desire, it's a story of obstacles, and it's a story of either success or failure in the end. So, so right now, what is it that you want? Really, I mean, being honest, you know, what is it that you really want? What we kind of default to is sort of the Miss America kind of, 
you know, uh, statements. Well, what do you want? I want world peace, you know? <laughs> really? Are you sure you don't want to just win this contest, you know? Because <laughs> you're not really giving your life for world peace. You're giving your life to win this contest, you know? So, so, you know, I need, and then fill in the blank. I want you to kind of mentally do that. And not just now, but this week. Honest, be honest, honest, honest with yourself. What do you want? Because that's what you're spending your whole life to get. And, and beyond, behind, behind the I want is, is this idea of not only do I want, but I deserve. And this is where the anger comes. Ooh, this is where we get really mad. You know, when we deserve something and we don't get it, you know, and, and, and we get angry and this is, this is what, you know, so much hell at home gets unleashed at this point, you know, because I deserve, and then you fill in the blank and it gets really ugly. But what if we're just naturally wrong about what we, what we want and what we think we need? I mean, that's really disorienting. I mean, what you just told me is I can't trust my own wanter. My, my own thinker can't think right. What you're telling me is that, that I, if, if I'm going to be you know, right uh, in relation to eternity, that, that I have to really you know, kind of courageously think differently about things. And, and you know, uh, one technical term for this is like cognitive dissonance. This is like crazy. What if? What if whatever it is that you think you want right now, you know, what if you really don't need that most right now? You know, the guy lying there on the ground, I'm not going to do my best lying on the ground paralytic, you know, for you, okay? That would be offensive and a sight to see. But if I did, if I'm lying there on the ground looking up, I would be pretty sure I know what I need. I know what I need. And I might even have this idea that I deserve this. It's not fair that I'm on the ground, that I'm incapable, everybody else gets to walk, why don't I? This isn't right. Jesus, if you are the Son of God, then give me what I need. To which Jesus says, okay, son, your sins are forgiven. What? I don't need a religious lecture. I don't need some theology. I, I need to be free. I need to be alive. I need to be able to live this life that I was born into. Son, take heart. Be encouraged. Your sins are forgiven. What if? More than we need everything that is frustrating us that we're not getting in this moment. What if? More than we need all the things that, that not having them is what depresses us, discourages us, uh, you know, sets us back on our heels. What if we just needed to celebrate our forgiveness and from this point forward just live joyfully towards home, knowing that this earth isn't it? And what if we dared to live asking God for what we need from His goodness, not what we want from this world? You hear people sometimes say, well, don't ask God for patience because, oh, he'll give it to you, you know, like, ooh, you know. Like God's up there going, aha, I finally got one. Now I'm going to stick it to him. What kind of a father do we think God is? He's good. And, and if hard equals good in his economy, then, then what if we needed to just say, God, I want what you think I need. 
And what if we trusted the heart of God so much that, that having prayed that, we actually believed it to be true, and then we no longer lived down and discouraged and defeated because we're not getting what we want in life? What if we just trusted that God is giving us from His goodness all that we need and that it's pleasing to Him and, and that we can live joyfully on our way home? You see, basically we've got a choice. We can follow sin, and, and by sin, we're going to unpack that in just a moment. I'm not just talking about the tee-hee-hee stuff. No, no, no. Sin means that we're all deeply broken, like the layers of an onion, at successive and concentric ways. We're all deeply broken all the way inside to the core of our being. It's all fractured. It's all broken. It's all leaking life. And you and I can live our lives in ever-increasing sin and brokenness, where the darkness is continuing to, to, you know, to increase and the sadness is growing and the loss is, is just adding up for the rest of this part of our eternity. Or we can follow forgiveness all the way home to joy. See, that's what Jesus did. We just celebrated Easter. And the scripture gives us an insight as to what Jesus was thinking every step of the way with every blow into his jaw, uh, every, every you know, time that Jesus was spit upon, every time the staff hit the crown of thorns on his head, every time that the, the whip was laid on his back and, and every time the hammer drove the nails in. The scripture tells us what it was on Jesus' mind. It said in, in Hebrews 12, let us look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame, who for the joy set before him. It wasn't in this moment that Jesus was, was you know, captured. Uh, he, he was heading home. And in spite of the agony of the moment, he trusted God and he, and he lived courageously towards joy. And I want to kind of put two words together that maybe we don't ever put together, but, but they need desperately to be put together in your life. And, 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 and you know what? If not in your life, then, then by God in my own life. And by grace and by the power of the Spirit, I have got to hear this. You and I need to live courageously grateful for the forgiveness of our sins. And if nothing ever happens in our life that we call good or easy or, or what we want, we have the gift of the forgiveness of everything that, that leaks life, tears us apart, destroys us. And in this part of eternity, we're coming to a part of eternity where there is going to be just joy if, if we'll have it. But in this part of eternity where it's hard, in this part of eternity where we're still on the ground, in this part of eternity, we are called by God to live courageously grateful for the gift that matters more than all the other stuff that we put first, all the other stuff we want, all the other stuff that we demand from God. You owe me, God. Well, really not so much, you know. To live courageously grateful. And it's all found in this one phrase that, that is so amazing. Take heart, my child. Your sins are forgiven. What? I'm, again, I'm paralyzed. And you're talking to me about my sins? Oh, great. Now you're implying that, that I'm down here because of my sin? No, 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 my son. Take heart. The Greek word here means to have confidence and firmness of purpose in the face of adversity or testing. I mean, it means that your heart is resolute. 
It means that you know what you know and that you're going to go forward relentlessly, unstoppably. It means to be courageous. It means to be bold. So Jesus is saying, you be bold in the rest of your living. And he, and he calls him my child. The, the Greek word is, is, is you know, for, for a little one. My, 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 it's a term of endearment. So God would say to you, my beloved daughter today, my, my beloved son, I know that you want so many things and I know that you're so hurting and so frustrated and, and there's so much pain and loss in your life, but what I want you to know that will bring you all the way home to joy is that you have the possibility of living this next part of eternity with all your sins forgiven. Forgiveness, the, the word means to let go of. It means to, to cease to be controlled by. Now think about that. All the stuff that is weighing you down. I, for me, when we talk about the fall, you know, we're talking about the gravity of sin and, and this downward pull of life despite our best intentions, despite all the, you know, the attempts that we make, there's this downward pull in our life. And it seems sometimes hopeless to overcome this weight and this pain and this loss. But, but Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. My forgiveness can actually separate you from your past. My forgiveness can actually, can actually free you from all of the loss in your life. It can, it can actually heal all that is broken. You can win. It means to be allowed to leave something behind. Goodness gracious, please don't say it out loud, but what would you like to leave behind in your life? Do you ever have those moments of, of remembering? You remember something that you did or that you said in the past? You know, and it's not one of those times that, you, you know, this is not the stuff that you want to be uh, put on your resume, you know? One man was just torn apart by how hard he worked to get his girlfriend to have an abortion when they were in college, Christian college, no less. And he really pushed her, and he succeeded. And every thought of that, every time that, that thought would come back in some random image or some, you know, just the pain of that, and, and oh my gosh, what is yours? What, what are the things that... that you just can't seem to get beyond. The Greek word forgive means to be separate from, to move away from. And the offer of Jesus is that he can free us from our sin. That he can, that he can save us to the uttermost. You see, our natural state is sin. And, and, and when I'm saying sin, please, please take it deeper. Please let it be more real than it has been. Please let sin be the, the umbrella that you put all that is ugly and wrong and, and, and just, you know, life-taking. We are deeply broken. We are separated from God's life. We're indifferent to Jesus. Sin is mistaking what's life-giving for what's life-taking. And we run after what we think is life-giving and it only takes more life from us. Sin is, is living deceived about what's true. Sin is what makes us wander through life aimlessly like the walking dead. To no purpose, to no real end. And the Bible says, for the wages of sin, the natural payment for doing what comes naturally to us is death. 
But the gift of God is eternal life. And not eternal life that begins in the final part of eternity, but eternal life that begins in this part of eternity. It takes courage, but it can begin now. You know, I, I hear people say sometimes in their behavior, but well, that's just the way I am. Can I just say that's like one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in all of my life? You know? That's like standing in the rain, soaking and freezing and saying, well, that's just the way it is. You doofus, it's the way it is because that's what you choose to be, you know? You get out of the rain. Come inside. Grab a towel. Let me, let me give you a change of clothes. And when you and I make excuses for, for living low beneath the line or for, for making life hard for other people, we, we're, let me just say this. You and I are so broken in sin that everything that we do that comes natural to us is wrong. Everything's broken. Everything must be redeemed. Romans 8.13 says, For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. So if you just think that, um, you know, I... I'll do what I want and, and, and this is how I am. How you are is dying. Isaiah 64, 6, again, it's been a common theme because I, I really feel like God wants us to hear this. And, and in the message it says, we're all sin infected, sin contaminated. And, and our best efforts are like grease stained rags. We dry up like autumn leaves. Sin dried, we're blown off by the wind, blown away. But God's supernatural offer is about forgiveness. All the prophets, the scripture says in Acts 10.43, testify about him that everyone who believes in Jesus receives forgiveness of sins through his name. That is so much bigger and has so much more life impact than, than just some kind of, you know, religious ritual. It, it is soul deep and life changing. Matthew 26.28 says, this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out from many for the forgiveness of sins. To be free from sin, to overcome the gravity of the fall, to, to be able to be separated from all that is darkness and, and all the lies that we're pursuing and all the lies that we're believing. We can be free from all of those things. And being free from dark means we live in light. Being free from despair means we live in hope. Being free from paralysis means we live in power and ability and, and grace. Scripture says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Some people worry that they've committed the un unpardonable sin. I believe that the only sin that cannot be forgiven is the sin that will not be confessed. And if you will cry out to, to Jesus to be free, that he will always hear the cry of his child because because he's good. Man, just imagine the next part of eternity just being great, just being alive, just being filled with joy. Scripture says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Guys, I want to remind you that God's forgiveness means that he holds nothing against us, nothing. Uh, Romans 8.1 says there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Um, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life has set me free from the law of the spirit of death. A new power at work that is making life a joy. 
And despite what you may believe, God does not have a bad attitude towards you. There's so many of us here today who, who just believe God can forgive other people or love other people or, or be kind to other people. But, but me? No, you don't understand what I've done. I hear people say, well, if I ever walk through the doors of a church, it'll collapse. First of all, churches don't have doors because there's people, but, you know, but that's that attitude. God has a bad attitude towards me. No, he says, take heart, my child. <laughs> Your sins are forgiven. Guys, I believe with all my heart that accepting forgiveness means letting life move supernaturally forward, above the natural. I mean, supernaturally by the Spirit of God forward in an ever-increasing freedom that the Bible calls holiness. And you can tell when your faith is coming alive because you'll start to embrace holiness, not as, as something that is, you know, negative and life-denying, but it's the path to life. Leviticus 20, 26 says, you are to be holy because I am, I am the holy one. And I have set you apart to be my own. I have set you apart. I have chosen you. I have loved you. And I've called you to be like me and with me. Ephesians 6, 24 says, put on the new self. Don't live in the old anymore. Don't stay down on the ground, you know, uh, helpless anymore. Put on the new self and, and, and walk with God in true righteousness and holiness. And then Hebrews 12 reminds us that honestly, that we're deceiving ourselves if we, if we never passionately pursue holiness or wholeness in our lives because without whole, holiness, no one will ever see God. So is your life more natural or supernatural? Is it mo more frozen or free? Is your life more grieving or is it grateful? I want you just to, to picture this guy on the ground. He's, he's, he's on the ground. His life has been hard. And, and now at this moment when there's finally a chance that he can have, quote, a normal life, the, the Son of God says to him, Son, take heart. Your sins are forgiven. And in that moment, he realizes he's free. And then there's the offense and, and, and people, wait, only God can forgive sins. It's like, duh, you know? Jesus never, that's not really a Greek word and Jesus never said it, but it's like, you, you know, it belongs in the story, you know, like this is the duh moment in this point, you know? But I want you to imagine, I want you to imagine that man how his morning began, that part of eternity, that day began badly, badly like all the rest. But in the presence of the freedom of Jesus, everything changed. And he got up. Son, my child, you are passionately loved. I care about you. I know your name. I, I'm here for you. I'm here to give you what you need more than what you think you need. And what I want you to do is, is I want you to, to, to follow my forgiveness. And I want you to follow my forgiveness in a transforming way that changes your sorrow into to joy. And I want you to live gratefully from this point forward and be courageous. So take heart, my son. Get up off of the broken place that you are and, and walk home. Go. Can you imagine him getting up? I, I, I doubt if he just shuffled along. Oh my gosh, can you imagine the joy in his heart and the look on his face? Can you imagine the wonder of the people around? 
And as he, as he walks through the village on his way home, can you imagine walking into his parents' home for the first time and they see their child all of their life. They've only known him in one state and now he's in another. And, and, and now this part of eternity just changed. Guys, that's you and that's me. And the truth is, there are a whole lot of us here living greatly discouraged and we need to allow God to change us today. We need to, to repent. We need to make a choice against the easy path of sin and authentically change what we value and what we think and let God tell us what we need. And then show courage. We need to take heart. We need to be encouraged and, and, and to, to, to live boldly as God's infinitely and well-loved child. Come on, guys, how many of us are, are laying on the ground and letting life pass us by? There's Jesus here, and he's giving you what you need more than anything else. He's giving you wholeness. He's giving you forgiveness. He's separating you from all of the death that you feel in your life. He's taking away all of your sins and casting them as far as the east is from the west. You are free. You don't have to live down anymore. You don't have to be paralyzed anymore. You don't have to hate yourself and hate life. You don't have to look up at God and wonder, why doesn't he care? He does. And he's shown it. We've got to make a decision. We've got to ask for forgiveness. And we've got to let God give us what we need most. And when we do... Then we got to give up and, and get on the road and live differently from this part, from this part of eternity until it all begins, uh, you know, uh, with, with the, the, the new heaven and new earth. Until that day, we got to head home healed. We've got to live more grateful for the forgiveness that we've been given and, and, and more joyful about the life ahead than we are sad about the life behind and all the losses that we've had here on earth. I'm telling you, this is the life that we're invited to. And today, uh, the, 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 the challenge is simply for you to accept forgiveness. If you've never accepted Jesus in your, in your life, then, then I want you to do that today. There's going to be people right up here up front, and I'm going to ask us to stand right now. And they're going to be here for you, and, and, and we can pray together. And you can be free. There's a whole lot of the rest of us here who are, who are religious right now. We're paralyzed and, and we're, we're angry and we're frustrated and disappointed with the love of God. We need to take heart. We need to accept our identity as the sons and the daughters of God, beautifully loved, perfectly accepted. We need to take heart and show courage. We need to live courageously grateful for the blood of Jesus that has forgiven us. We need to have a new attitude of optimism towards the future, a new freedom from the past. We've got to hear the voice of God and follow forgiveness all the way home, all the way home to a joy that is never, ever ending. What this means is many of us need to be on our knees here at the front. I don't care. I don't like to be in front of people. Who cares? This is about you meeting Jesus. This is about you saying yes. So I'm going to ask you today, if you want a new beginning, if you want to get up out of your broken, then get up out of your seat and come down and kneel before God Almighty and, and, and receive his forgiveness and thank him for it and commit to live differently from this part of eternity until we're all the way home. Thank you for joining us today at the church at Severn Run. Please visit our website at severnrun.com for church service information, staff directories, or for prayer requests. 
And if you're in the D.C. Baltimore area, we'd love to have you join us at 8187 Telegraph Road in Severn, Maryland. We look forward to worshiping with you.